I told you I'm trying to cyber bully Ted Cruz into killing himself. I don't think he's he's just a he's like a snail or a, yeah that guy sucks you know, some type of slimy creature. Dude, people got to know that he retweeted porn on nine eleven. I want to talk about Texas, man. Oh, about the power outages? Dude, about everything. It's chaos. I haven't heard about anything, really. I mean, you're one of you're probably like 40% of my news. Okay, so there was a blizzard last week in Texas. Texas doesn't get blizzards. Texas doesn't normally go zero degrees, but they went zero degrees and they got a blizzard. Mm-hmm. And it was total fucking chaos. <laughs> they lost power. They still don't have power. It's been a week. That's crazy. They probably aren't prepared to like shovel the roads. They don't have the infrastructure. They don't have the infrastructure. They don't have plows. They don't have salt. Wow. But yeah, they haven't had power. They haven't had water. Like it's a third world country right now and it's showing. And like the supermarkets don't have power. So all the food's spoiling. Damn, that sucks. That's like some real supply chain breaking down Armageddon stuff. Alex Jones is probably loving it. He lives in Austin, so I wonder what he's doing. This right is now. the Armageddon he's, he's been waiting for. He's probably doing overdrive sales on Infowars, dude. But the fucked up thing is, Senator Ted Cruz went to Cancun. Oh shit! So he avoided it. He all? saw shit hit the fan, and he <laughs> bailed. He left Texas, went to Mexico. Ah, uh, so is he? Is he back in the doghouse? Dude, he should be fucking strung ever, up and killed. How did he ever get out of the doghouse in the first place? Didn't he get caught like liking porn on Twitter? On 9-11. He retweeted porn on 9-11. <laughs> I didn't even know that part. <laughs> yeah, he retweeted some nice MILF porn on the anniversary. <laughs> well, at least September that's flattering 11. to his wife. Mm. But Good damn, point. that dude, somehow, that worm, he got his way back in and was like taken seriously again somehow. Dude, because he sucked that Donald Trump cock nice and long. <laughs> Everyone in the Republican Party did. Are you ready yeah, for the Ted Republican... Cruz. Yeah, next level Ted Cruz, but everyone was complicit, and now they have an identity crisis, the Republicans. Well, now, Mr. Trump, you know, he wants to come back and reform the party. Never going to happen. I think, I, I don't even think he would get the nomination in 2024. Is that when he's talking? I have no idea, but clearly there's a schism between what is a Republican base and what is a Trump base, and uh, yes. the Trump base is stronger, if not at least louder. Well, they're definitely more energized. I don't know if they're more numerous. That would be an interesting question, actually. They might be. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of them. It, like, what, 70 million? Uh, I mean, that's just the people who voted for him. I, I would guess the people who, like, approve of him is higher, maybe like 120 million, probably, you know, a little less than half the country. Yeah, that's a good point. And I wonder how many of them would pick him over the Republican Party. And I think it's a lot. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. But he's also really old, and he's going to be as old in four years as Biden is now. That's very true, but he's uh, a vibrant 74. He's the youngest man. Dude, that's a good segue to Biden, though. Um, Did you ever look into that town hall and that audio clip you sent me? The CNN interview? Was that what that was? Yeah, it was like a CNN town hall. I didn't watch anything other than that clip. Yeah, so just to recap that clip. Biden essentially says that he refuses to denounce any type of, um, what do you want to call it, genocide on the Chinese government's Yeah, part I mean, human rights because, violation. Quote, yeah, human rights violation. Because... Uh, the Uyghurs, and I don't think he mentioned Tibet, but he mentioned a couple. Yeah. 
Oh, he mentioned uh, the Hong Kong suppression. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> and his justification was that, what, different cultures have different perspectives on what genocide is, so we can't define it by our standard? Yeah, well, I don't think he mentioned the word genocide. I think he just said, uh, you know, different people have different norms. But there was a lot of stuttering and equivocating, and it was clear, like, he wanted to say that, or, like, he, he probably thinks that stuff China's done is terrible, but just can't say that. Well, it seems like his policy is that if they're fine with it, then he's fine with it. You mean Biden's policy is that if, right, if the that Chinese, if the are, Chinese fine with it? are fine with it? Yeah. That's more of like an isolationist policy, actually, which I don't think would describe Biden. Right. But that's what it seemed to be. Um, yeah, maybe an appeasement policy. You know, we've seen how that turns out. Right. Yeah, I guess it's a, it's an interesting question, though, like what's right? Because I think that there has to be some kind of balance. Like there has to be some line other nations could cross where you would feel compelled to interfere if you have some, you know, sense of morality in your culture. I mean, at the end of the day, anything causing loss of human life, like there's no point in doing anything else. Like there's no point in making profit if it leads to loss of life. I'm saying like if you want to have an ethical perspective, mm -hmm. that should be that should be it. Like you shouldn't justify anything if it leads to loss of life. Yeah, but that can't be it. I mean, there's the quality of the life. There's pain and unnecessary pain. There are a lot of ethical considerations other than being alive. Um, can you elaborate? Sure. Like, vegans are convinced that, you know, it's wrong to eat meat. But I think the more important question than whether it's right or wrong to eat meat is what is the process by which you're eating meat? What's the quality of the life of the animals? So, like, factory farming? Yeah, pretty fucking wrong. But an animal that lives, you know, an, a nice life under conditions resembling a natural habitat, and then at the end of its life, you know, it dies, like, that might not be as bad. And then, like... Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, so I'm just saying, like, there's there are moral considerations whereby, like, you could be against, or you could be okay with eating meat in a vacuum or theoretically, but then very against the way it's done in practice, I think I was saying that, like, if you want to take a moral stance against a different country's treatment of its citizens, mm -hmm. the hard line should be whether these people are losing their lives or not. But yeah, no, I like, what about, I mean, what about, like, the freedom of citizens, though? I think that has to be there as well. Like, we don't tolerate, well, I guess we do tolerate slavery in parts of Africa and other parts of the world, but in I mean, in theory in we have china. something we, we're against yeah in china <laughs> the work camps that they take what north koreans do right dude their own citizens like all these like the iphone factories with the fucking suicide oh nets. sure sure so yeah working 18 hour shifts that's super fucked up and we're all complicit <laughs> we all fucking all use complicit. iphones i'm using an it's iphone crazy. right now yeah yeah so do most of the people who, you know, rail about social justice issues in the u.s which pale in comparison to the shit people in other parts of the world face Rail about them on their iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucked up. <laughs> it's kind of funny, though. So, in general, I disagree with Mr. Biden's isolationist perspective that different countries can set their own moral standard. So, how interventionist are you? Do you think we should spread the one true way around the world? It's real tough, right? Because how do you do it? Economic sanction? Maybe you do it through media and everywhere else in the world 
ingesting your media and culture. I, we definitely do that anyway, but we don't do that for any moral high ground. We do that. Oh yeah, no, I'm McDonald's. Well, we don't, we don't even do that for any one reason or it's different for everyone who does it. It's just, you know, the phenomenon of culture trying to spread and spread its way to others. Mm. I don't know I if it'll work I think though. that's a net negative. Oh yeah, for sure. It's terrible. I mean, the whole thing of consuming your culture rather than creating it. I think we talked about that. That's like mm-hmm. a lot of, I think what hurts people's quality of life, including mine. I spend a lot of time doing stuff that has no real point. Yeah, I agree with that. I misplaced my phone for half an hour today, and it was a dark half hour. (laughs) Damn. Where did you eventually find it? No, so my dad dropped me off because I was in the suburbs last night. Oh, right. And I left my phone in his car. And um, I was thinking about, like, when can I go back and get it and how much I would be hindered. And I was like, this is impossible. I had to call him right away and have him turn around. Right. You can't go without it, man. Life would fall apart. It would be Texas all over again. (laughs) How long could you go without your phone? Like if I told you right now, you have to give it up. How long before it becomes a problem? Well, right now it depends because I have like pending social obligations that I have to confirm or deny. Hmm. Um, If I didn't, then I wouldn't be as attached to it. Yeah. I've liked the experience of going without it for long periods of time, but it's crazy how quickly you can just get tethered again. Yeah, I wonder like I wonder if I'd even want to though, because if you'd want to what? To go without my phone. Oh, yeah. Like if I want to take photos of stuff, I use my phone to do it. I guess I could bring a camera. If I could bring a camera, then I'd be fine going. Well, assuming you're with someone, someone else will have a camera, but I guess yeah, you want to be able to take pictures yourself. If I am with another person, that is a female that I find attractive and I'm not related to. I don't know how I have to specify that. <laughs> you're you know not related to. <laughs> you know where I'm going Oh, we this. are talking about Texas. <laughs> um, but yeah, if I was, you know, in the jungle with a fine woman and a camera, I wouldn't need my phone indefinitely. Right. Because like 90% of my phone time is dating apps and trading apps. (laughs) Oh, do you do a lot of day trading? I do a lot of day trading. Yeah, it's popping right now. Oh, nice. What have you been trading? Oh my God. I've Palantir, Peter Thiel's company where he spies on citizens. (laughs) Wait, does he? I've been buying a bunch of that. Does he? Yeah, it's a... Does Palantir spy? How do they do that? That's their entire business model. Hmm. It's collecting big data for the government. <laughs> wow. That's like the whole Which, tech you know, business. 100%. And like, you know, we're in the age of mass surveillance and Yeah, but Palantir has gotten crushed it looks like in the last few days. Yeah, I've I've been buying as it's been going down. Oh, nice. So I've Let's see what else I'm doing. The Doggy Coin? Dogecoin? Dogecoin. You're really doing that? Super hot. I love me some Dogecoin. But it well, started as a joke, you said, it. right? It's 100% a joke, but I feel personally that all crypto is a stupid joke. Even Bitcoin? Especially Bitcoin. It's a $50,000 stupid joke. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. That's the world we're living in. Yeah. But um, I also think Dogecoin is the only one that's not you know, being actively used to buy drugs, guns, and people. 
Wait, so you like it because it's not used? I like it because it's not what's keeping the black market going. This is why Bitcoin's been pumped so high. It's not because of some sort of revolutionary decentralized currency. It's because Russian oligarchs buy humans and guns with it. Shit. Really? I didn't I didn't actually realize that. I mean, a lot of people in the ayahuasca circles use cryptocurrencies. So. Yeah, of course they do. <laughs> it's everyone who's like, I guess, not in the mainstream of society, far outside of that. Like, I see it as super unethical. You see what? Its existence or using it in a black... I mean, obviously, human trafficking and shit that people do in black markets is terrible. But what are you saying is yeah. unethical? The whole concept of this decentralized, untrackable currency. Is it untrackable? No, it's not, because there's a ledger and you know where it's going and who it's going to. But right. it does, it's not regulated. It's not overlooked by any By one authority. Yeah. Wait, wh- yeah. how can you say that's unethical? You think it's unethical to not be under the jurisdiction of one authority? Well, in this case, because it's definitely being used for shady deals. Yeah, right. But I mean, sure, you have to figure out ways to deal with bad externalities. But as a concept, it seems to be a step forward. It seems like progress, more freedom. No, like the dollar has been designed in such a way that it keeps the modern, you know, legal economy functional. Yeah. That and like, you know, it's necessary to be able to make more dollars, right? The only thing that's kept us from financially collapsing in the last 15 years is quantitative easing. Yeah. Agreed on that. Is it wrong, though, to go against or to have a decentralized currency that, you know, a government can't regulate when a lot of the government's regulations might be themselves wrong? Well, I don't think it's inherently wrong, but I think that, you know, there's one glaringly obvious use case for it, and that's, you know, dark dealings that you don't want your money tracked for. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you get around that? Well, they just say that that's the con, but the pros make it worth it. I wouldn't, that's not its primary use case. Come on. You got to show me some stats, Leo. I don't know where I'm going to get these stats (laughs) because, you know, the whole point of the black market is to be shady. Yeah, but I would say one person saved and brought onto the righteous path by ayahuasca is worth a thousand people who get addicted to meth. Uh, Agree to disagree. That's the theme of 2021. How does everyone go forward just thinking such vastly different things? Uh, We don't. We just devalue and collapse into chaos. Yeah. So we're in the collapse. Confirmed. Aren't we? This Texas shit is unprecedented. And all the shit that happened last year was unprecedented. Well, it only went as far as toilet paper last year. But if supply chains actually broke down and people couldn't get their food, then there's definitely the potential for like a snowball effect of panic that it'll just grow exponentially and get out of out of control i mean especially in a state with more guns than people (laughs) yeah yeah texas is ripe for that and i think a rumor could even be the tipping point it might not even have to be something true a new virus that's that's five times more deadly than covid dude how active are you on twitter completely inactive oh twitter is uh the wild wild west but a lot of like yeah. tweets that i'm seeing lately will be like how to prepare yourself for the next pandemic <laughs> twitter is the wild wild west i mean i'm not surprised that that's there 
it's also a hive mind. It's crazy. It's like the Black Mirror episode um, with all the bees. You know the one I'm talking about? I do not. Where you can like send basically a tweet or like a message on this app, this social media app, death to so-and-so and whoever gets the most votes to die that day, like a mob of bees goes and kills them. But then at the end of the episode, the twist is that everyone who is using the platform gets killed by the bees. Twitter yeah. is like is like that attack mob from that Black Mirror episode. It's like you know, canceling people left and right. What about that? It can be. Is cancel culture still going strong or is there a turn there? I feel like no, right? Because it's like Democrats on all sides now. So there's Something no need like to cancel things. I feel like that would just embolden the cancelers more and they would, you know, reach and cancel as much as they can. That's a good point. I, I don't watch The Mandalorian, um, but one of the actors on it was recently fired because she put out a tweet that said, like, basically she equated Republicans to Jews during the Holocaust. Damn, that's pretty extreme. It's extremely extreme. <laughs> That's a dumb way to say it. But uh, she was fired from her show for this tweet, which is pretty aggressive. Yeah. And Disney is not a company that's allowed to take ethical stances because it's fucking Disney. This is Disney? Yeah. Dude, Disney is ethical stances. The building blocks of our culture come from the Disney mythology. Isn't that fucked up? It's crazy. Well, Disney was a Nazi sympathizer. Disney is heavily, heavily pandering to China right now. <laughs> and you have to take moral stances in American politics. Hence, uh, Randy Marsh and Mickey Mouse fucking uh, bats and fucking that pangolin. What's pangolin, yeah, the pangolins yep. in China. Is it so? All right, I you texted me that the World Health Organization was investigating if it got started in a lab. I saw they concluded no, it's animals, like we've been saying all along. So, what do you think, animals? Um, I think that the fucking animals came from the lab, dude. <laughs> right. So, you know, chicken and egg, I don't know, call it what you want to call it. The point is there's a lab right next door to the wet market investigating coronaviruses. <laughs> and has been doing it for a while. And there are patents and not only from like in China, but I like in the US, right? And like this specific strain, I think they found in like a cave in like the southern Wuhan a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's been in that lab. Damn. That doesn't mean that anyone released it intentionally for nefarious purposes, but right. you could dump animals in the water supply. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, man, it's a sketchy world. You know, you can cut your finger on accident. It could just be incompetence in the lab. It can be um, somebody selling meat to the wet market. Who knows? Have you been able to navigate like the tribalism in the world without too much trouble? Like you don't end up in situations where people are assuming you're on one side or the other and that's a problem? Recently? Hard to say because I haven't really had very many social interactions not the holiday season's over. Right. Aside from like my core group of people. Right. And obviously, you know, Trump not being president means nobody's active on the internet in terms of... <laughs> bitching about the president right now true yeah there's so much activity that was like a big part of people's lives that just there's nothing you know nothing doing anymore like i wonder if they'll have a replacement or what although i did see a 10 minute youtube video today on msnbc i didn't watch the whole thing but the headline was biden beats trump again <laughs> approval rating is higher than trump's entire four-year term <laughs> like 
this is supposed to be a respected news source. What the fuck are you reporting on? Victory lap. They're taking their there victory lap. They have no more content. And also, if they use the name Trump, at least people will look. Brothers, a state in total anarchy with no food or water for the last week, and they're reporting on Biden's approval rating. No water? I thought it was just electricity. No, because all the pipes burst. There's no water. Holy shit. Are people going to die? Yeah, probably. Jesus. Okay, I didn't actually realize the full seriousness until you said that. I thought it was just electricity, power outages through the state. No, it's fucking chaos, dude. What do you think Joe Rogan's doing right now? That's a good question, but I assume he has a compound and a ton of elk meat. So I think he's in one of the better positions. He's probably loving it. That's a scary thing is for someone, you know, at some uber level of wealthy, everything falling apart could just be entertainment for that person if they had no empathy. It depends on what their living situation is, because it could also mean that the pitchforks are coming for you. True. Yeah. I definitely... Which is why Ted Cruz went to Mexico. Oh, well, I thought he was in Cancun when this happened, but he's not going back? No, he fucking fleed, like, because it happened. Oh, shit. I thought he this was a happenstance. Wow, that guy is a sleazeball. Holy shit. Yeah. What a piece of garbage. As if it wasn't bad enough for Republicans right now. Yeah, that guy has zero integrity. I hope he resigns. I'm, I've been cyberbullying him on Twitter. So <laughs> I'm trying to get him to kill himself, but we'll see where that goes. <laughs> it's like the guy that the Republicans chose for the nomination turns out to be, you know, a mob inciting lunatic. And then it turns out the guy who would have gotten it, if not for Trump, is a total dirtbag, too. He's just a soy boy beta cuck that watches porn at 11. Yeah, man. Watching, watching porn at any time for any reason makes you a soy boy beta cuck automatically. <laughs> it might. <sighs> Have you ever watched porn like with a friend, with another guy? Um, no, not like seriously. Like in high school, someone put it on once, but we were like, that's weird. Turn it off. <laughs> yeah, it's like a very unseemly thing. Guys watching porn together. I definitely had friends in high school that did that, though. Really? I mean, that's weird, man. Like, if you're just, like, getting your rocks off next to your friend. Dude, I think it was just the, like, access to DSL internet back in the day. Yeah. That was like, the key difference maker. Yeah. So only a couple people had, like, the good porn. Thank God I didn't have the good porn in my room. I probably saved my brain a lot of shit for, for not having it. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it gets super graphic and that's a scale that goes higher and higher and higher you're saying porn yeah yeah no it seems like a big issue i feel like in a decade people are going to talk about it as a big epidemic so to speak if well, you I feel will. like in a decade they're just going to be killing people on screen because like how much more extreme can you take it or they're going to be like virtual reality porn i think that's what it'll be it'll be like interactive yeah that's true that might be the future of sex, because like the mandates for safe sex might be such that, you know, because you can't risk spreading COVID or whatever the next virus is, you have to have virtual sex like in different rooms or, you know, six feet apart. That'd be real bizarre. You could be a, diff- a character like in that I'd Black Mirror episode. <laughs> I would try it. Well, yeah. no, I don't know if I would try it because I feel like VR porn could be something that like you it could be like heroin it could be like so incredible that you can't you know go back after experiencing it and um 
like if you ever tried a VR headset or like the ones where you put your phone in? No, I haven't actually. Like a video game, I've never done that. Yeah, I've tried that. Um, I've tried the porn on that. It's okay. Oh, you did try it? Yeah. Huh. So it wasn't anything um, special? Well, it's like, it's weird because, you know, the dynamics of the porn change. Because like if you're watching porn on your computer, then you're just watching like two people fucking. But if you're right. watching with a VR headset on, then like they're trying to make it more like interactive with you. Mm-hmm. and. Yeah, like the porn actress it, is like looking at you and interacting with you, right? Kind of, but like, yeah, so that's, the goal is to make you think that you're having sex with this porn actress. Right. Which is, in my opinion, a different experience. And it's like, it's weird to like look a VR, you know, porn star in the face. <laughs> right. Yeah. Especially like after coming and you still are like looking at her. That would like, be real weird. Yeah, like you would never want to make eye contact with this virtual thing. It's it's weird. It's too intimate to be enjoyable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We can't just produce a product of intimacy. I think we're reaching that limit. Although I think that some people might find it, like might be into it. Oh well, yeah. I, wasn't. I was. I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people who don't have access to real vaginas will be into it. Yeah. They'll be into the best. It's a sad state, man. It's a sad reality, though. I mean, that's like, I don't know. I don't know the percent of guys that is, but it could be like 50%. It could be high. There are a lot of guys not getting laid. Well, 70% of Americans are considered overweight. So (laughs) do with that information what you will. Right. 70% of guys are overweight. Dude, 70%. That percentage might be wrong, but it's high. And I know that I think one in two which is so high, are pre-diabetic or diabetic full full on. Yeah, that's sad, man. That's like, I think you would be valid as president to declare a state of emergency and just close McDonald's, just close Wendy's, all the fast food, over. Yeah, you really should. Half the people. But then, I don't know, people like depend on it to eat. Yeah. I think what you do is you take everyone affected by it and you either give them food stamps like alternative ways to eat or if they're employees of these places you make them the test subjects for universal basic income Mm -hmm. yeah that could work some type of intervention needs to be taken because one in two to be Mm pre-diabetic this is a utter failure of like the state as a whole like your failure citizens oh yeah dude it's almost as if america is built on top of some ancient indian burial grounds where like something really bad happened. We're built on top of millions of ancient Indian burial grounds. Aha, my point. Where horrible things <laughs> happen. <laughs> yes. But yeah, uh, like our soil's dead. What about that? I sometimes worry that even making the right decisions, you can't truly eat healthy here. But that's probably not true everywhere. There's There's got to be some good land. Yeah, and I think that eating healthy like it's a relative scale you can always eat healthier right. than you're currently eating right yeah and for most people that's all they have to do cut out the crap that'll that'll do it for like 80 percent of people that'll solve most of their issues it's, yeah that's all you got to do is just cut out the sugar drop 20 pounds i think i might actually try the carnivore diet because i'm about to try this this place that delivers meat from uh, a farm where like the animals truly are free to roam and like all the shit that the labels are supposed to mean so I think it's a good chance to try it knowing it's healthy meat. And then it's like also the perfect elimination diet. So I've thought about it, but 
like two things primarily um, hold me off. Number one, I'm worried that there's just no fiber in this diet, and um, you know that could be an issue. <laughs> yeah, that's a valid worry. And um, secondly, there's like a decent amount of evidence that a lot of red meat causes like heart disease and colon cancer. Yeah, but that's like more longitudinal, right? That's like if you eat red meat all the time over years. But that's what the carnivore diet is. No, I'm saying you would still be probably safe trying it for a month or a few weeks. Oh, sure. But I think people espousing it as the correct way to eat all right. the time. Like Dr. What's his name? Saladino? Yeah. Like, I think he's blatantly wrong. And I think he's spreading a dangerous message. I don't know what to think about nutrition. I don't know what to think about hardly anything anymore. It's really difficult to make sense of it. I don't really know either. Um, I got an article sent to me yesterday, which was a peer-reviewed study on the keto diet. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, like a lab mice study, but these mice fed cocoa butter versus the control group developed significantly more scar tissue in their hearts. So cocoa butter's horrible? In this scenario, it was. And wait, why is that? Why would the keto diet have an interest in that? Oh, because the macros in those cases, if you're eating nothing but cocoa butter, you're eating like a fat-based diet, you're always in ketosis. Right, but it's terrible. In this scenario, it was terrible for the rats, yeah. Hmm. Is that like what they say, that you should always be in ketosis? Well, the proponents of the keto diet say you should be. Okay. Well, there are also like a lot of ways to do that, not just eating only one food. Yeah, I mean, if you want to do it like a normal person, you just fast your way into ketosis. But, you know, if you listen to... Who's that guy, the Bulletproof Coffee guy? Oh, Dave Asprey. says, drink a stick of butter. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably not good. Just because it's a ton of saturated fat or what? I mean that, but also just the intake of calories, man. You're just pounding, what, 800 calories in the morning with your drink? Mm. I mean, Dr. Gundry talks about people who live in blue zones in like Italy or wherever who eat olive oil all day, tons of it, and that would be similar. I know, but I really hate diet studies that point out blue zones and be like, people in blue zones are healthy. Blue zones are beautiful, mountainous regions overlooking the ocean. These people live stress-free lives. They go to the beach. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Stress is behind a lot of ailments, especially chronic ones. Did you read Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell? I started it. I didn't finish it fantastic book at one point he studies this village in italy Mm -hmm. and how these people are all centurions and um he sees that like they relocate a lot of this town to new jersey or something like that and they still end up living to be like 100 huh okay so that would is how does he explain it so his conclusion is that this group of people just have a really strong sense of community and just live really stress-free, you know, well-bonded, well-adjusted lives. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. That's like a, a big piece of the puzzle we're missing in modern-day America is community, like social bonds, kinship with people around you. It's kind of important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're living an unnatural lifestyle, man. Yeah, man, we're all cooked up in our apartments all separated by everybody else by a three-foot wall but it could be the ocean (laughs) 
Hmm. We should do, we should uh, just go live in community and Airbnbs month by month. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly the way to do it. Start a farm, start a co-op in the middle of the forest. But your cats are your roots. Well, yeah. I'm actually worried. My cats are making a lot of noise right now. <laughs> are they fighting? No, my cat just like running around and just smashing shit. You're going to hear a bunch of bumps and stuff. Lyra, right? Can't imagine yeah. Ozzy doing that. Yeah, he's, he's going super annoying. Hmm. So hopefully that's not going to be too loud. I don't even hear it, so it's probably okay. Okay, good. Could always do a noise cancellation. It'll be fine. Mm. It'll be fine. I don't know if the world will be. I don't know if life will be. I mean, I think in general, you know, we will go on living, so that's a thing. <laughs> but in terms of quality, I don't know. Depends on what perspective you look at it. People can do more than they think. They can create the direction of their life more than they think, you know, like going and living places month by month in a community or living in like an intentional community somewhere where people aren't insane. I want to leave LA. I think that's the issue. LA is crazy. I think that that's the move. I think the the co-op communities are the move, but you got to avoid turning it into a cult. Hmm. Might be hard to avoid. Right? Because every other time they've turned into cults. I mean, it's a natural sociological, not sociological, psychological phenomenon that in a group of people, like the most charismatic or the most dominant person, their brainwaves and attitude kind of affects everyone around. Mm -hmm. And then like once that dynamic gets started, it's reinforced by everyone, you know? It's like the people putting them up on the pedestal just as much as them. Yeah, man. People are looking for a leader, and that's sad. And that could lead them into all sorts of trouble. Totally. Yeah, I would even go so far as to say that's like the main problem in people's critical thinking. Probably myself included to some degree. Because even I, like through the years, have been like wanting people to be wise or wanting to meet someone who's really awake and to learn from them, you know? Like we want, we want someone to like to outsource our thinking and knowledge to almost or at least someone that's figured something out that we don't know about yeah but we also like we want to believe that somebody knows what's going on right but nobody right. fucking knows what's going on well what's going on is so all-encompassing and everyone's got a blind spot somewhere some people pretend they don't and those are the dangerous ones right hmm yeah, that is weird how people really want that, though. Like, I found myself having a bias to either sort people into, like, one category of being, like, someone wise who I should listen to or the other category of being an idiot. And, mm -hmm. yeah, I guess constantly looking for information to move them from this bin into that one. Yeah, I think I do the same thing. But, you know, I tend to lean towards idiot. <laughs> Definitely before before blank. <laughs> Before yeah. uh, Sky Vodka trading. Yeah, because at Sky Vodka, <laughs> I met some really motivated people. And that inspired me to become more motivated. Hmm, interesting. So you weren't super like driven before that? No. Okay. I mean, I'm, I don't think I'm still very driven. Yeah, but... it's true. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, you, 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 are, you drag me into the weed habit. So that's that's what I guess makes you in the 
not as driven category. Yeah, don't you think it has a big this, effect? This is my cross to bear now. Yeah, it's all your fault, man. I blame myself. I've ruined you. <laughs> Once such a promising young lad. Yeah, man, I had so much potential. Now I can't stop so smoking much potential weed. Down the drain. I mean, as you, as you know, now. as you know, I smoked the last joint a few days ago of your life. The last oh. joint of my life and then a few hours ago I smoked the last last joint. So now I'm completely oh, no. sober. Oh my god, you're more sober or you're less sober than I am. Yeah, if you haven't smoked today, I'm less sober than you. I haven't smoked since Monday, man. Wow, good for you. But I have total control of my impulses. That's the difference. No one has total control over the impulses, guy. Total control. You take drink some ayahuasca and then tell me that. Well, not while tripping, but, you know, I've got a very... Your impulses come from somewhere. You're not in control of the impulses you even have. I've got a very anti-addictive personality. Hmm. I don't know what that means. No, I mean, that's... Yeah, that could be. I have an addictive personality. But that is counterproductive a lot of times because I don't stick with things. Right. I get bored easily. Right. It's because you have a very feminine energy. Maybe. I don't know what that means. Nah. But I did hear I did hear someone say that like addiction. I mean addiction is worse than guys, wouldn't you say? I think guys are just like harder working, so they do a better job at being addicts too. <laughs> Interesting. You know, like suicide is also higher among guys. True. Definitely earn our stripes on the suicides. Because we get shit done. Across all wow. across all cultures guys killing themselves too it's like not just america because men are expected to get shit done because they're physically larger this is biological they also might have worse coping skills with like emotional psychological issues less communication skills and like you know sorting out their issues less introspection yeah or just more aggression or both more inherent biological aggression yeah definitely both yeah and I mean, that aggressive impulse is, I think, intertwined with the addictive pattern because it's like the go-get-it energy, the dopaminergic system. Mm. But it's also like kind of enslavement to a desire. Like, that's the scary thing about desire is like you might be free or feel free to do what you want, but you aren't free to want what you want. You aren't free to have the compulsions or even the thoughts that you have. They're all embedded within your environment. This is true. Unless you escape from all ones, right? <laughs> yes, unless you become fully liberated. The perfect one. Which I am. The Buddha. Are you? I am Dr. Anthony Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Fauci. The wise one. The one who knows. The wisest man in America. Two mask Fauci is what we call him. I heard he came out with an energy drink called Brondo. I love that movie. That movie is shockingly accurate. It's too apt. It's too good. I mean, it's like I even feel like I hear some people talk that way. Like some rowdy guys like almost sound like the people in that movie. But the thing is, it's not like we're actually moving towards it. Like Mike Judge, when he wrote it, saw those things happening in his present society. It's just illuminating the present trend. But then the present trend or, you know, the the then present trend continued. So it's just been validated. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, potentially. (laughs) We're all sons of Cleavon now. 
Especially with Trump, man. Just like the whole getting a reality star elected yeah. president thing. Yeah. I mean, the president, in a sense, is like a father to a nation's youth who are like listening to what he says and that's affecting their worldview. Like, uh, yeah, those are the seeds we're sowing. And who do we pluck? We pluck the host of a trashy television show. The Apprentice? Come on. How can you insult The Apprentice like that? Have you seen the guests they have on there? Fucking Meatloaf and Flavor Flav and shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now it's Celebrity Apprentice. I actually yeah, was really Vanilla into the Ice. first season. It's crazy, man. Like the first, when I was eight, I watched I watched the first season of The Apprentice with like rapt attention on it. Turned out to be a very prescient year mm. for like seeing things that would be relevant and people who would be relevant in the future. You didn't think about that at the time. It was the turn of the obviously. millennium too. Yeah, obviously not. That's weird too how like things are only take on significance in retrospect and when you put the significance on them. Although you remember the memory, so there is some inherent significance to Well, that, right? it's inherent for you and your psychological relationship to it, but I wouldn't say it's inherent in the thing. I don't think there's any meaning inherent in anything. Right. Yeah. That's why it's always easy to justify smoking just another joint. Nah, dude. It just... Well, I don't know, because I don't really see a problem with smoking all the time, to be honest with you. I feel like... Like, I think if you want to do it and you can be productive while doing it, then go right ahead. Yeah, I mean, that's a tricky one, though, because, like, I've been editing podcasts today. I've been, like, you know, two-thirds productive, but Mm -hmm. there are a lot of times where I feel like I get on the weed train and I feel like I can smoke and be productive, but then that's, like, a justification to stay on the weed train and the meta effect is you know a huge loss in motivation and productivity Mm. yeah for me i would be concerned that the way that i would edit a podcast while high would be different than the way that i would edit a podcast while probably better i'm probably like a savant who like builds a skill only high and can only do it high (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe i think that like if the subject matter is heavy you probably don't want to be high for it I don't agree for editing, though. Editing is largely just a matter of, like, stringing things together, taking out background noises. Like, I've never felt there's an issue. Um, It's also a grind. Right. Yeah, very true. But, like, I think, I don't know, a lot of art people, you know, will say that the weed helps them be creative, but also maybe they're not the best artists. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I don't know, there's a lot of excuses in the creative endeavors. I think often it's just a matter of sitting down and doing your work. Right, like, I don't know, you can't be high all the time, that's for sure true. Yeah, and that's for sure my issue right now. I'll. But it also isn't necessarily, you know, a time suck or whatever. Yeah. I think that I wasted time before I smoked weed, and now I'm just attributing that time wasting to Mm, the weed. Yeah. Leo Gates on Twitter, very active. I pointed a person to uh, James Nesser's book. Oh, nice. On Twitter. They commented on a Neanderthal skull having perfect teeth. That's that's good of you. Good Twitter Samaritan. If people listening to this, somehow listening to this, want to follow you on Twitter, is it just at Leo Gates? Yeah, I'm at the Leo Gates. Okay. I have 17 followers. Hell yeah building the army (laughs) your twitter is going to be the lifeblood of this podcast dude if my twitter takes off i'm abusing that shit to the end (laughs) what would you do i would get everybody to diet and exercise aggressively 
how would you how would you get them to do it would you do like a campaign no i would probably just post crazy videos on twitter of me waking up and exercising and be like why aren't you exercising i'm exercising you know i'm whatever people do that anyway but i'll do it too you'll get shamed for health shaming oh but i'm all about health shaming yeah i don't know if you'd make it on twitter the the mob could bring you down Dude, I will get banned on Twitter. I will wear it as a badge of honor <laughs> if the hill I die on is health shaming. Do you know who's that famous dietitian or maybe she's a uh, like fitness guru? Jillian Michaels? Uh, it rings a bell, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know what her name is exactly, but she had a thing. It was like a whole controversy like a year ago. You know the singer Lizzo, the rapper? Lizzo? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. She got a lot of tread off of, you know, feeling good about her body, even though she's, like, obese. She's, like, significantly, like, health-impactingly obese. But she keeps right. posting these Instagram posts about how, like, she diets and exercises, and that's just how her body is, because those are her genetics. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. She claims to eat a good diet and exercise. Yep. Even while being huge yeah and and this person was like no that's obviously incorrect and that's not a healthy lifestyle and that could be a thing though i mean that exists on some level it does right? not exist you don't no. think there's anyone whose any genetics level. make them big um there's genetics that allow you to gain weight uh more easily mm -hmm. but they don't default put the weight on you hmm. okay there's a thing about samoans like pacific islanders yeah do you know about this no, I just know of the place Samoa. Well, so there's they tend to be heavier set people, and the theory is that the ones that were good at putting on weight survived the trek to get there. <laughs> and the ones that weren't just fucking died on the ocean. That's interesting. Yeah, plausible. Huh. Yeah, I've even heard people go so far, I think even in academia and like some supposedly reputable sources, people talking about how there's like a vitality to being fat and like the effort it requires to do things makes you like is is like fitness. <laughs> no, that's actually all been recently debunked. Well, I think it was debunked the second it was said by anyone with a brain, True. but <laughs> but like I, I think it was BBC maybe like a month ago came out with this whole study and it was like results are in there's no amount of fit you can be while still being fat. Yeah, COVID kind of ruined it for them. COVID just like really put the onus on all of these fat pride people to stop their shenanigans because it's like they realize lives are at stake. Well, it's like the the jaw thing, you know, from breath. Like the fossil record can confirm or deny these things. Obese people didn't exist until 100 years ago. Right. Nor did people with fucked up teeth more than, you know, a few hundred right. years ago. Right. Yeah. So these aren't things that humans are supposed to do. These aren't things that humans have a proclivity towards doing. These are things that we're fucking up through our diet. Yeah, man. And speaking of the latter point, I'm about to be in your club wearing adult braces. Oh my God. When are you putting them on? <laughs> Uh, I have to do some myofunctional therapy first. So like training the mouth and tongue and bite and stuff to function and move properly. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do a lot of exercises. And then in like maybe three months, two or three months, I can go back to the orthodontist. So I could be, yeah, I probably will be starting it this summer. Yeah, I was actually there this morning. Um, 
to get my some work done and once again have to <laughs> change my speech pattern to try to talk normally oh yeah dude that's yeah that's something people don't think about like it you have your tongue has to relearn each time every time they shift things around it's not just the tongue it's like i'll make random like whistling sounds yeah I mean, I've been in the same boat with the orthotic I've been using for my jaw because they adjust that and then everything's different. But then, mm. yeah, as you know, I think I told you that it broke. So mm. I've been going without it for the first time in like five, six years for the last month. And yeah, I hope this works because Western medicine sucks at figuring out chronic issues and like TMJD. Yeah, man. When I first went in, they were like, we need to break your jaw and reset it. <laughs> this whole thing. Like, we Damn. have to bring it forward. Wow. Because it was too crowded at the bottom. So right. I had to get like two extractions. Oh, anyway, you did get two extractions? Yeah. Oh, okay. But anyway, four years later, they tell me I have four months left. So by summer, I should be good to go. <laughs> so you're going to get them off when I get them on? Yeah. Damn. Hopefully for me. Cause, yeah, you know, I mean, I hope you do. 2017. You should throw a party or something once you do. Yeah, dude. Once COVID's over. smash a Smashathon? Finally, the perfect Smashathon. Are you talking about Super Smash Bros or Tender Hose? Tender Hose. <laughs> Just in time for summer. You know, hopefully everyone's vaccinated or whatever and the restrictions are all lifted and I can just That is the dream. That's It'll the be like getting uh it'll be like getting a weighted jacket off of you. You've been training with this huge handicap and you're about to be able to, you know, run free. Dude, it'll be like Goku after he, you know, was on that moon at 10 times gravity. Uh-huh. And he comes back to Earth and he can fly and shit. Yeah, exactly. And then for me, it'll be like going from that to, yeah, having a lot less capital. No, you'll be fine. You've got other assets. Well, I am, I am fine being in on a safe haven island of a relationship, but that island, you know, the escape boats and the possibility of making other choices you know will certainly dwindle over the next few years with adult races the raft will have a couple leaks in it nah nah but i'm gonna spend my time getting stronger and better but then you know after i get them off i'm it's if i'm with my partner then we're definitely in it for life at that point hmm. why do you think that it's different at that point and not now I mean, it's always a gray area. It's it's arbitrary where you draw the line, but like you get to a point where you've built your lives together enough that it almost feels wrong to to make a different choice at that point. And like for me, one of those points is as soon as she's sacrificed like what she would be doing career wise and like built her life life around the assumption that, you know, she'll be a homemaker eventually. I'll take it one step further and say that women have a ticking time bomb inside of them yes and if you you know take a certain time with their lives away and don't fulfill that obligation it's a huge disservice you've done them right i mean the obligation is only the obligation you create so i think if you're honest the whole time you know that's right correct you haven't necessarily done wrong but it is yeah it's like uh stealing the the prime life of their life <laughs> Yeah, which if you're a 40-year-old single man, you can destroy on the apps because there's so many 32-year-olds. Mm, I bet, I bet, yeah. Which is horrible because that's not necessarily, you know, the hookup crowd. But if you were trying to do that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. 31, 32-year-olds are like probably looking to lock something down and not interested in anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Because that shit gets to be no joke when you're, you know, close to 40 and trying to get pregnant. Yeah. I definitely feel for women who end up in these situations or who like, you know, the time ran out. Right. Their biological imperative fucked. Yep. Do you think it's a guy's biological imperative to spread their seed far and wide, fuck all the bitches? Do you think that's basically the, the male drive? No. You think it's mating? Yes. Pair bonding, you think, is, like, guy's drive? Um, not necessarily, but, like, the way that human children are compared to other animal children, mm-hmm. they need constant guidance throughout right. the first, what, eight years of their lives at least? Uh, yeah, more, I would say, through a huge portion of their lives compared to other animals. Well, I think through a huge portion because of modern society, but if you were, like, living in the jungle right, with the right. pygmies, right? Like, eight, maybe? Well, yeah, but also if you're living in the jungle, people might die earlier. So I think it's a huge portion regardless. Eight's the age for, like, they're completely reliant on you, maybe, but mm. there's a much long later age for, you know, emotionally immature and needing your guidance, and you could say that that's even getting expanded, like... Early 20s, I think, is still like a very young stage. And you see, you know, a lot of kids moving home after college for that reason. But just from like a, this thing will die if I leave it perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Is at least, let's call it five, is at least five years. Oh, yeah, sure. I think you could go higher, but yeah, a lot. So there's that aspect of it. And then there's the aspect of like, how do I want to word this? Um, Like it's hard for males to know that they've actually reproduced. Yes. I mean, there's no way of forcing their for sure. monogamy. Well, unless they are monogamous. Right. Right. But so the only way to really like secure that you've passed on your genes as a human mm-hmm. is to pair bond, at least for five years. For a guy. Woman, obviously, no. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, is that the important thing, though? Like, I don't know if our biology necessarily drives us to know. It might just drive us to have the kids. Like, a lot of people who are into polyamory justify it by saying that the natural sexual relations between humans would be for, like, Terrence McKenna has said this. And I definitely don't believe everything that guy says, but a lot of people do say that, like, the natural arrangement would be for the guys of the tribe to just, you know, fuck whatever women are in heat and want to fuck them. And there's a lot of sex happening, but they don't ultimately know, like, whose kids are whose. And it's just, like, a big community raising the kids. Yeah, I mean, I could see how that could work in theory, I guess. I would say that those people, of course, say those things because they're trying to do that. Right, for sure. Everyone's saying the things that justify what they're doing. Yeah, I think those people specifically, you know, are soy boy beta cucks that found a way to <laughs> get multiple women to fuck them. I mean, that would be a pretty impressive feat for a soy boy beta cuck. I mean, don't you think that's what Terrence McKenna was? Hmm. He definitely sounded like one. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, he was willing to say a lot of shit and put himself at a lot of risk. Like, he, he spoke pretty women freely. That would normally never fuck him. Was it all to fuck women? I guess everything's all to fuck, you know. Not necessarily, but I think a part of it. Mm -hmm. I think when you look like that, dude, it's a big part of it. (laughs) Terrence, why do you got to hate on Terrence? Just because he has a higher voice than you? Yeah. (laughs) K 
can't respect him. Your lobster brain tells you he's nothing. Yeah, exactly. I think that in a vacuum, you know, I beat him in the dominance hierarchy, but he could talk his way into getting this polyamorous women to fuck him. I feel like it's a lot often the women wanting polyamory, like as a way just to justify not committing, you know, super new agey women who are like really into Mm. free love. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I would think that in general, women are the ones that are the like the driving factor behind monogamy. Yeah. At least why it began. Because they need, like, the nine months that they're pregnant, they can't even get their own food. Like, they need a man to give them food. Well, the argument, I We're think... We're talking, like, caveman times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the contrarian argument in those times, or regarding those times, would be that they would, you know, fuck the most alpha guys in the tribe and then... Like when they're having the kid, they would like be friendly or maybe even a little sexual with like other guys to get them to help. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't really know. Like, who knows? I mean, the thing about humanity is like humanity and human culture has existed in like a million different forms everywhere in the world. Yeah. People just do all kinds of different shit. So you can't really like paint with a broad brush and say anything's normal. Well, I think that there's a tendency towards monogamy that I think that it has evolved. Hmm. Yeah, I can't deny that. Like across every culture without those cultures influencing each other. What's the word for that? Simultaneously? I don't know, but you, you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, right? I know what you're saying. Yeah, and you might be right. That's pretty persuasive. Everyone's discovering the same thing in different areas at the same time. Yeah. Without but, interacting with each other. But now everyone in at least like modernized, developed countries is discovering that marriages don't last. Hmm. Yeah, I think the modern institution of marriage, and I wouldn't even say that like the biological perspective on monogamy is the same. It's not like a bond for life. It's a bond for like six years. Ah, uh, yeah. Like long enough to raise the kid to that age where they can theoretically fend for themselves. I think that is how a mm-hmm. hunter-gatherer tribe would organize themselves. That would also fit with the timeline of when I feel like I see married couples start to really hate each other. It's like when once the, the kids, kids really older. get going, yeah, and they're like mm-hmm. they still got a decade of this to tolerate, which they're not enjoying, but they're they're definitely way out of the honeymoon phase. Yeah, there's a good I forget what the book was, but there's this author on Rogan that talked about this at length and uh he did a pretty good job of dismantling like sex at dawn and the free love kind of theories. Oh, is that a book, Sex at Dawn? Yeah, that's huh. like the big free love book. Ah, interesting. <laughs> but apparently it's like rife with uh leaps in logic. Right. Yeah, man, it's because logic is a limited tool. You got to let it go in order to transcend and awaken. Yeah, man. It's all about love, man. All about no logic. And weed. You can't get out of here with your dualistic logic. <laughs> and speaking of it being all about peace and weed, I'm going to go get some water and there's a 30% chance I'm going to get some weed. Whoa. Should I get some weed? Yeah. Well, I mean, if I do smoke, it'll be my last, last, last joint. So. Well, if it's your very last, I'll smoke it with you. But this is because I want to, not because the substance is drawing me. Right. Or because I'm drawing you with my magnetic center. That could be interesting, but no. Got it. All right. Uh, I'll be back. 30% chance with some weed. Where the wind blows, I don't want to die. Sometimes it feels like there's nothing at all. Carry on, carry on.
Hello. Yo, yo. I heard a cat. Dude, your cats be making noises. Cats are crazy. I'm gonna get some weed. Cool. All right, man. This is it. This is it. The last, last, last joint. Holy shit, dude. I'm witnessing history right now. That's a beautiful joint. Looks like a cigarette. Yeah, it looks nice, dude. I love that. I can't wait for marijuana to be like cigarettes where I could buy a pack at a convenience store. Hell yeah. Doctors are going to be smoking in the hospitals. It's just going to be like the 50s all over again, except with the weed colored uh, glasses instead of tobacco. Love it, dude. It's going to be like a feminine version of the 50s. Are you familiar with the concept of stable matching, like in mathematics? No. What is stable matching? I love how the first thing you go to after the last, last, last join is math. Well, this is actually on topic with the previous monogamy conversation. Oh, okay. Oh, is this like the marriage dilemma? Oh, no. This is an algorithm to get two sets of data to match up with each other. And it's often applied to like male and female dynamics. Oh, okay. Like, how how so? The only way to get all this data, I'm butchering it, but the only way to get all this data to, like, these two sets to properly match and everybody to get a match is for set B to take their second choice, usually, is how the algorithm ends up working out. Huh. Because people have the same first choices too often? Yeah. Huh. Um... <coughs> Settle for Which the second, second choice. Doesn't totally work out in like a polyamorous society where everyone's fucking the alpha. It'd be chaos. Right. Well, everyone's fucking everyone in a lot of polyamorous societies though, right? Mm, that's a good point. I'm assuming. I'm assuming, yeah. All right. This is my final eighth of weed. For how long? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Till I get some more, but this is all I have in the house. <coughs> I never thought quitting weed would be so hard. Dude, because you're thinking about it wrong. How should I be thinking about it? You can't quit. You gotta just not want to do it. That's fucking stupid. You're always going to want to do things that are a big dopamine rush. I'm always going to want to watch some porn. I'm always going to want to eat a donut. Doesn't mean I should do it. What are you talking about? I give up both of those things regularly. Well, yeah, but you still, like, on some level desire them. Yeah, but, like, to me, the benefits of not... Essentially, abs, to me, are more valuable than donuts are. Oh, I see. You're saying I just need positive motivation of shit I'd rather be doing with my time. Sure. If that's, yeah, if that's how you frame it. Like, I'd much rather be in good shape than I think the positive... Yeah, and that makes sense. But I think the positive motivations, like wanting to get in good shape, are muddied when you're smoking weed all the time. At least for me. I think it Mm. makes me feel just like content and fine to do nothing, even though there's a lot of shit I would very much like to do. Yeah, that's that's accurate. You ever play Pokemon as a child? Fuck yeah, man. I I went deeper into Pokemon than, you know, the vast majority of kids. I played a shitload of Pokemon Gold on my Game Boy. Gold and Silver, I think, were the two best versions because you could go back and play in like Johto mm. after Kanto yeah, it was huge. or vice versa. But uh, I wasn't high for any of it. 
mm-hmm. you know, because I was 10, but I wasted a shitload of time. You didn't start smoking when you were 10? No, unfortunately, no. That's when my stepdad started. Or really? My, yeah, yeah. My former stepdad, he, his dad like smoked a joint with him. Maybe like 12, maybe a little older. That's too young. Yeah, man. It was pretty fucked. That's inappropriately young. <laughs> but I mean, what's appropriate? Like in a lot of tribes, the toddlers will drink ayahuasca. Or at that least have a little sip of it. Is, eh, I don't know. I don't know what happens with ayahuasca and that, but we definitely know that it alters the way the brain develops <coughs> if you smoke it before a certain age. Yeah. Yeah. I think for sure, like you want to just slow the roll because the younger you start the stuff, the deeper it gets in there and like, whatever it does alter. I guess we don't know how the development impacts the person, right? Whether it's positive or negative. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know. But we know that it's different so do you want to play it safe or do you want to fuck with your state of consciousness you should probably play it safe because uh you know all those celebs that write autobiographies but do you think a lot of people say that for drugs except for psychedelics they think psychedelics are different psychedelics are like useful tools that can be used to heal and to you know progress in many ways would you disagree with that um, I think that the subsect of people that get addicted to and have their lives derailed by psychedelics is smaller, but it's not zero. Huh. Yeah, well, it's definitely not zero. People have, you know, gone down very hairy paths with psychedelics. I think it just takes so much more effort to be... I mean, with shrooms, like, you can't be addicted. Mm-hmm, right. Um, but there are people that take acid all the fucking time, and they're just always on acid... Could you could you say you're addicted though to shrooms just on like on a wider time scale? Could you say like say you trip on shrooms once every two months, you trip on ayahuasca once every two months? Could you say you're addicted to the tripping? You just can go longer between indulgences, and the indulgences are a lot deeper and more extreme. But then, like, is that an addiction? Does that impact your day to day? Sure. Really, I think like by definition, it doesn't if you're only doing it once every two months or whatever well everything you do has an impact though like people come back from ayahuasca retreats oftentimes acting very differently than when they they left so it'll affect everything yeah man i don't know but like i've met burnouts before Mm -hmm. you know where they just watch cartoons and take acid right and they think they're becoming more spiritually evolved and they're vegans (laughs) do you have a bone to pick with vegans um i think that there's a lot of people that are vegan for the wrong reasons oh yeah for sure there are a ton of people who are really into their moral superiority as vegans yeah we've and they're about like this, i think oh yeah we probably have but like i, would I put think we them, touched on it i would put them below people who eat meat you know below anyone they're criticizing even if they're right on the issues just because they think they're better because they're on the right side yeah i would totally agree with you there there's a ton of that in weird LA, to have so a, I'm definitely sensitive to it. It's just weird to have a moral high ground about diet because you don't really know the other person's situation or right. their biological makeup. Yeah, the Dalai Lama eats meat because doctors you know, recommended he do a few times a week. Mm. I don't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, my mom sat next to him one time when he was eating pork. Your mom at the Dalai Lama? Yeah, a few times. She's been at like lunches with him. She's really involved in the Emory-Tibet partnership, which is like 
kind of an exchange between Western science and Emory and Tibet and spiritual technology. Oh, dude, I watched a whole documentary about this like a week ago. Oh, really? Yeah, about like these guys coming to them and talking about like string theory. Yeah. Where did you see it? Interesting. Was it the uh, Emory it Tibet partnership? I don't know if it was or not, but it might have been because it sounds familiar. Hmm. And it was about the scientist that ended up getting cancer and dying, unfortunately, but he was good friends with the Dalai Lama. Mm-hmm. What's it? Um, what was it called? I don't know. It was on Amazon Prime. I could probably go back and look at my watch history. It's not a big deal. But yeah, I uh, I had lunch with the guy, uh, Geshe Lobsong, who was like one of the Dalai Lama's right-hand men. Like the Dalai Lama sent him to the U.S. to get a Ph.D. so that he could be the only person having both a Ph.D. and like the highest attainment within the Tibetan tradition. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, he was just an interesting guy. He like work he contracted with the like movies when they use Tibetan mandalas or like in House of Cards they had an episode with it. He like it's his monks that like set up the mandalas for those. That's really cool. Yeah, it was interesting. He like started his own type of meditation as well. But it's also like these relationships are weird. Like you can't really talk as directly or in a real way with, you know, why not? Hmm, I don't know. It's just like the Dalai Lama has a lot of stuff he like wouldn't want to talk about. Like he wouldn't want to get into political issues about China. You couldn't just ask him what's up with China, you know, or talk the way we talk right now. Oh, sure. You have to keep it like formal. Right. Yeah, but I think that, you know, any head of state that you're meeting, right? Right. They have to keep it in the pocket. Or maybe they don't. What if a politician were just, you know, super transparent and candid? We had one. It was crazy. He caused an insurrection. (laughs) Yeah, what if you had one who was that way, but not Trump, not like Trump? You need somebody polished, measured, who thinks about their words and says things so vague that nobody can interpret them to cause violence. Right? Like, you can't take decisive stances because that motivates people into doing stupid shit. Hmm. I don't know, man. Like, politicians in the past have taken decisive stances and people were just, you know, mature and understood that they're not always going to get their way. But now it's outrage culture. Yeah, maybe. I think, like, we're kind of losing any sense of a larger culture, though. You know, like an American That's culture. That's a big one. Yes. People are just too different. It's all so different. I think that people now, I think we've talked about this too, but I think that people identify as their political party more than they identify as like American citizens. Oh, totally. But this wasn't the case, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Yeah, right. It's only become this this, uh, polarized recently. Maybe it's because of a lack of an external enemy. So we have to fight ourselves. Yeah, maybe. That's it's like, like the there's conflict in worlds, our DNA. Right? Dude, there is conflict in our DNA. So it has to manifest somehow. I think so. That was actually also in. Dude, Outliers is so good. 
Right, I didn't like think he would be a huge Malcolm Gladwell guy. I like his podcast too. Hmm. I Why kind not? of have been interested in him, but I've had a few friends tell me he's like really loose with his reasoning and you know not not the most true to the facts all the time. Really? Okay, I yeah. read it a while ago, like before I joined Sky Vodka. <laughs> oh, okay. So that is a while ago. Yeah, like it's been a while. Did you join before I did? No. I was um, April 2016. Oh, okay. So I was just before you. Oh, I I didn't really know you very well until definitely later than that. Right. I mean, you didn't move to Knights until... The last six months I was there. So like... Of your tenure, yeah. Right. But I would say, I mean, we got to know each other better probably after. I would say so, yeah. But what were we saying? I don't know. Oh, Malcolm Gladwell. But now you're making me think maybe his stuff's not all that legit. I don't know. It's just he a few about, friends of mine. I don't really know. I don't have an opinion of my own. Well, I don't know. He's got one where it's like about ancestral trauma, like people in the Appalachians being mm-hmm. moved to like nice colleges in New York or whatever, and then getting into fights. Mm, yeah. Or getting triggered more easily. Mm-hmm. And I think that what he was getting at is that it was in their DNA to be angrier. Yeah, I mean, that definitely could be the case. Anger is a trait. Um, or propensity for yeah. it is a trait. You could be bred out of dogs, right? So why not out of <laughs> humans? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I think, what a lot of the culture is trying to do. If, like, temperament is a trait that could be bred out. Right. Yeah, I mean, we're all naturally getting more muted, I would say, as a result of talking through masks and for sure being isolated, not being in the same physical spaces. For sure. Yeah. When I read Sapiens, they talked about the fossil records of a bunch of different hunter-gatherer tribes and their um, likelihood of dying a violent death right? versus natural causes. One thing that was fascinating was that Farmers or whatever, agrarian culture, whatever Mm -hmm. came after hunter-gatherers, were far more likely to die a violent death. Huh. Like, people who had farms and were stationary were more likely? Yeah. So, like, societies, cities or towns or whatever, were more likely to result (laughs) in violent death than hunter-gatherer tribes. That is pretty interesting. And the Um, point being that we haven't necessarily evolved away from conflict linearly. Oh, that's a good point. No, I was getting, I was going somewhere else with it. Oh, I was going to say that hunter gatherer tribes tended to be harmonious, and um, and then I just jumped because that was an interesting fact. But except for in the Rhine Valley, where they were super violent for some reason, so that was bizarre. Um, I don't know. You could say that geography is probably more important than genetics and how humans behave. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely heard that argued by. I think there are historians who say that that it's about where you are relative to resources and potential threats. There's a really good argument to be made that like most of human history has been guided by geography. Yeah, it's all just the Earth consciousness projecting our simulation. It's all just on rails. Um, but it was really interesting your point about the farmers dying more violently. I think it's because we introduced ownership for the first time. Yeah, that would make sense. Ownership definitely would spur a lot of violence. Yeah. So capitalism is the root of all violence. 
capitalism. That's what a lot of social movements have said at one time or another. I mean, Dude. I think feminism started out by saying that. That's why I'm a feminist. <laughs> First wave or third wave, fourth wave, exit wave. What are, what are the different waves? I don't know. I know there's at least three. I think four, a lot of people would say. I'm a meninist. <laughs> Big men's rights guy. Are you the guy who wrote that thing in the Sky uh, Sky Vodka company newsletter? The men's rights appeal? The one about HR not hiring enough men. Is that what it was? <laughs> I think that's what it was, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was it after I left. I think it was. I don't remember. I just It was a whole couple paragraph thing about how if we're going to promote diversity in the workplace, then we should pump HR full of men. <laughs> but yeah. like, that would be a shitty HR team for the same reason that, you know, we don't put women in the sciences. Wait, what? For the same reason? Like, you're saying women are yeah, better at relationships, that... men are better at science? Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's pretty fucked up, man. For a couple reasons. First reason... Hold on, I lost my train of thought. Okay. First reason. Men just tend to be more autistic. That's just statistical fact. <laughs> That is that is Men true. Men are a bunch of autists. And, There's a theory uh, of autism that it's just extreme maleness. That's what autism is. Well, then there you go. That's why they're fucking focusing on little tinkering engineering shit. Mm-hmm. Picking stuff apart. But the other one is structural, right? It's there's just the talent pool is shittier because women are not drawn towards the sciences because society doesn't draw them towards the sciences. Mm-hmm. Right. But anyway, because of those two reasons, men are better at science. Get over it. <laughs> wow. We could fix it later, but not you're, right now. You're canceled as hell right now. I know, dude. Did I tell you about the time that I met this girl? So we're talking, and I made this joke about... I don't even remember what the joke was about, but the punchline ended up being that because they have weak arms, it was like something about like women not being good at a certain thing and it was obviously absurd and not true and then at the end i was like yeah because their arms are smaller than men's uh-huh <laughs> um which was just like a nonsense statement because whatever the activity was didn't involve like our i don't remember what it was but regardless oh, okay. um she was like what do you mean i was like men have more upper body strength she was like no they don't <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? She was like, yeah, there's female bodybuilders. But they're not good. There is a woman who's stronger than a man, so yeah, men can't be stronger on average. Impossible. That's insane. That's an insane thing to say. You know about the tennis thing? The Serena Williams tennis thing? Is that where she said she could beat any guy in the top 100? 100 guys? Oh, no, outside of the top 100. So it was like, yeah, the number 103 guy or something played her i like crushed her yeah yeah i think i did hear yeah. about that yeah sports are you know there's no arguing with chromosomes when it comes to sports i don't know why we try it well it's i mean we tried for a second but then it's being disproved by these crazy trans cases of you know <laughs> trans women you know crushing girls or trans girls crushing other girls in wrestling Dude, there's an MMA fighter. Not in the UFC, but in like some lower tier MMA circuit. Mm -hmm. Where it's a woman that 
was a man up until like her 20s that you know just fucked up like a string of female fighters but then one biological female fighter fucked her up so huh she's a really good <laughs> fighter okay so as long as she's not the best it's okay well she got her with a submission though mm-hmm. it wasn't like like this would never fly in boxing but with the ufc there's more like i've been beat up by a five foot tall woman in jiu-jitsu you have yeah Oh, I didn't even realize you did jujitsu, like sparring. Oh, no, I've only done it a couple times. Uh-huh. But when I did, like, this, she was good, and I was not, and, you know, she choked me out. Wow. Damn. That's was, impressive. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you were um, like, maybe you could have stopped it, but you're just, like, kind of roll with it? Well, no, I couldn't have. I'm bad at jujitsu. Oh. But it was just win-win. But, like, you know, jujitsu is not arm wrestling. There's tactic to it. It's a skill that you can be good at. Yeah. It's not brute strength. Right. So you suck at it if you've never done it. Yeah, exactly. But if it was like a bench press contest, you know, that's the one dimension where men unequivocally excel at. Right. Yeah. I mean, the one dimension, you could probably point to other things. There are a lot of like pros and cons you could probably demonstrate either way. Well, yeah, for both. Like we can't make breast milk. We can't feed humans with our body. But we would never say men can do everything women can do. No, that'd be insane. We hate other men. <laughs> yeah. That's what I never got about men's rights, dudes. Fuck other men. <laughs> right? Nah, I mean, gives I, love, I love out, all bro. beings. I love all beings. Oh, I don't, man. Like, if a woman is having a bad time... You know, or has a lot of student loans, I'll empathize and I'll be like, Joe Biden, you know, cut out some of those student loans. But if some fucking dude's doing it, come on, get your shit together, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's definitely something every guy in his early 20s has to realize is that that's going to be the prevailing attitude. I am part of the toxic masculinity culture. Are you ashamed of it? No. I think we need more toxic masculinity. I think it's important. I think it's what makes men. So you are pro-toxic masculinity? I am, yeah. Huge pro-toxic masculinity. <laughs> I told you, I'm trying to cyber-bully Ted Cruz into killing himself. But that would... Wait, but that's... Isn't that anti-toxic... Or would he qualify as toxically masculine in your book? No. No, he's a bitch. Is he toxically feminine? I don't think he's... He's just a... He's like a snail or a... Yeah, that guy sucks. Some type of slimy creature. I saw a clip once of him like walking out of the car and trying to like politically hug his kid and his kid like being like, no, (laughs) fuck you, dad. That's funny. No, that dude is out of shape, doesn't work out, doesn't diet, doesn't get sunlight. He's just a piece of shit. Tells other people what to do. Doesn't do anything himself. I I don't like that. I don't like weak men. You should run against him. people around. You should, you should move to, to Texas and run against him. Just move to Texas. Dude, people got to know that he retweeted porn on 9-11. <laughs> they do. That's the crazy thing. That's why it That's baffles the- me that anyone still takes him seriously. Like Especially because his base is like the Christian right. People have access to a lot of things they know that if they just really considered it all and contemplated it would you know make them realize certain people are dumbasses but they just like aren't consciously aware of it because they're in the spin cycle of like new information constantly 
Dude, could you imagine being caught up in that? I mean, yeah, because at some point I was. I guess we all have been at some point, right? Isn't that crazy? Like, I know I was, but I can't put myself in that mindset right now. No, not at all. It's like, yeah, it's pretty unrelatable. Of just being consumed by what's going on on TV. I don't know. I think it's hard to say when you are in any of those patterns. Yeah, super. It's hard to look at ourselves objectively. Yeah, like what pattern do you think you're in right now? Pattern? What do you mean? Like life pattern? What, yeah, like what's motivating you? How do you see your relationship towards the rest of the world? Jeez, man. I don't know. I mean, what's motivating me is doing, like making my work of use, making it of value and like doing something worthwhile and fulfilling. Mm. but it's tough to connect with the motivation because the payoff and evidence of that is, you know, all delayed. Mm. Do you think chasing material wealth would make you more motivated? Hard to say. It could, but it's also like, I can get psyched into that motivational drive for a period, but I don't know if I can do it indefinitely. I don't think I could. Definitely not after you get the thing you you want. Well, a lot of people do. They just then have a higher material goal. Keep going. New thing. Yeah. Speaking of things, you want to see some things I bought? Sure. This is the drone that I bought. Oh, sick. Right? I looked up how high this thing could fly. Mm-hmm. It's like five miles. Damn, that's awesome. And it's got a 4K camera? Yes. It's got a 4K 48 megapixel camera. That's awesome. Dude, it's really cool. <laughs> I can't wait for it to get warmer or go somewhere warm to take some you know, footage of it. Yeah, what are you going to take? What are you going to go to? I don't know. I would really love desert. Like, I really want to go to the salt flats, too. That shit looks beautiful. There's um, a stretch of, I think, highway in Peoria, Illinois, that Teddy Roosevelt called the like best view in America or something. Damn. Yeah, Peoria, Illinois. Teddy. Teddy Roosevelt was a pretty cool president. Seemed like a pretty wild guy. I know. If if you're going to pick one, that seems to be the one, right? Didn't he get shot and like finish a speech and then go take the bullet out? Or oh damn, I didn't know that. Wait, did, is that how he died? I don't think so. Cuz he did get replaced by that guy Taft, like the really fat president. Isn't it funny that, like, really fat, I think he's like 240 pounds or something. (laughs) That should be your least favorite president. I'm pulling him up. Look up, how much did he weigh? I'm curious. Holy shit. Some of these portraits. Yeah, he's almost fatter than he is tall, it looks like, in some of these. Is he that fat? He's pretty fat, but, like... William Taft Waite. Oh, shit, yeah, he's pretty fat. 325 to 350 pounds. <laughs> this says 255 to 350. Guy. Okay. But yeah, the dude was morbidly obese. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, he was only six feet tall. That's ridiculous. Um, for that time period, what was he eating? Just ice cream? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Same height as me, like two and a half times the weight. That's nuts. 
I wonder how fat Chris Christie is. I'm going to say less fat than Taft. I know, but there's a... <laughs> I brought it up because I saw a side-by-side photo. Oh. <laughs> Someone put it up, but it doesn't seem to be as oh, damn. public knowledge. No, it looks like Chris Christie got up to 400. Holy shit. There you go. Dude, Chris Christie spent something like $550,000 in one year on concessions at baseball games. Holy of shit. like his you know, office budget. Jeez. Because he would write them off as like meetings with people. My favorite politician to laugh at, I don't know if it's okay to laugh at him because it hasn't been for a while because he died in like 2016, 17. He was like a cocaine addict and like oh, kind of a big Rob fun joke to laugh Ford? at. Yes, uh, Rob Ford in Toronto. Mm-hmm. You ever seen a compilation of that guy? No. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just crazy. Is there's like there's footage crazy? of him like falling down in the middle of like congressional meetings, you know, bumping into people. Like he just said some insane, insane stuff, you know. He used crack. Guy yeah, how was does crazy. That happen? How do they get into power? Were they just good at some point and then it faded? Must be, right? Well, it's almost like running for offices is such a big enterprise that it takes someone who really like wants the power badly enough, and that tends to be a corrupt person. Or maybe it takes a really good team, and um, the individual could be like a total fuck-up as long as they could keep it together for half an hour. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a distinct possibility as well. That was like the case with that South Korean president. Which one? The one that was listening to the cultist? Yeah. <laughs> the one who was, had like the spiritual advisor who was a part of this network of whoever they were. Yeah, man. It's back to what we were saying earlier. Like anyone that claims to have answers is a real dangerous person. Because a lot of people will follow him blindly. Hmm. Yeah, but ultimately someone having answers and them being correct and helping is the way forward. Well, hopefully, if they have answers. Yeah, I mean, there might not be any person like that. It might just be decay from here on out. At what point does that utility expire? Giving people false answers to drive society forward. Well, the answers are never completely false. It's always a mixture. That's a good point. Because I think like the church was like pretty instrumental towards society existing at least in the west for a long time but then they obviously did a lot of evil things too the separation of church and state that is like a fairly recent turn yeah everything's a recent turn we're probably doing it in the 1600s because they're so mercantile do you believe in the singularity can you explain it to me that we're going to approach some point some event horizon in the future after which everything will be different and nothing will be understood using the paradigms we had before. And it's a singularity. Right. That's like hard to conceptualize. I mean, I a lot of people do it. You, as you know, right? You're aware of this. Like, it, Well, in the way that you're explaining it, I feel like anytime you pick two people in a timeline that are far enough apart, they're going to have a very hard time conceptualizing each other's worlds 
Yeah, but that's my point. That's my point. Like, it's going to be the argument is the gap in what's hard to conceptualize will be, you know, not even separated in time. It'll be on either side of an infinitesimally small, like, singularity. So it's not a a matter of, like, culture changing over decades. It's a matter of, like, an event of total transformation. Oh. Like the argument, no, I don't think Elon Musk thinks this. The argument of like someone like Ray Kurzweil is that we're on this exponential increase. And if you look at evolutionary history and the development of technology, it's like only a matter of time before we're just changing and developing and evolving, you know, infinitely fast. Or I think the critical point is where it's happening from the machines faster than it's happening from us and they like take over well that doesn't really like how does the machines taking over not allow me to conceptualize the past no no you it might be that you can't conceptualize the future like what life becomes with machines doing all this stuff it's like and a lot of it is like we can't know impossible to predict the future we're always wrong about it right yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know if I buy this. Back to the veganism question. I'm really actually curious about if there's anything to all the people who say all the gurus and teachers who say veganism or vegetarianism is better spiritually, like for spiritual growth. What do you mean like do you think some of them are correct? No, I don't know. I don't know if it's correct or not. Uh, but it's very, it's a very widespread belief. So it makes me curious about it. I think that, you know, shooting from the hip here, um, there's something to be said about willingly giving up meat when you have access to it. And what is the something to be said? Like you can say that this person has like greater presence or like spiritual fulfillment they don't like indulge in life's indulgences right yeah like they're celibate they don't eat meat it's like one of those things Mm -hmm. like they're purer but i think that's more of a illusion projected outward to other people than themselves personally so you're saying in most of those cases they're doing that to fill the role of the spiritually developed person, not because they are spiritually developed? Yes, or they're doing it so that they can tell other people about how they don't eat meat. Right. That does happen a lot, but it also doesn't discount the possibility that it's it's better to to not eat meat. I mean, if you if but you were doing it internally, not talking about it better as in you will become more spiritually fulfilled or i don't know better as in what mechanic yeah i guess more spiritually fulfilled more spiritually developed being in a better state of mind and state of consciousness more of the time i don't know this i don't believe this i just know it's a very widespread belief of like goinka and the founder of a lot of different meditation traditions of you know anywhere you look almost any tradition it's so difficult because I would agree that the person that does it is more spiritually fulfilled, but it's because of the act of giving something up and then sticking to giving that thing up. Right. Right. It's like fasting or just being disciplined in anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being able but to I think that, 
be free of the compulsion of like worldly pleasures. Exactly. I think that's the big takeaway because I think biologically it's hard to argue that not eating meat is a hundred percent all the time better than eating meat. Yeah. I think in most agreed. scenarios it's worse. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Dalai Lama again was recommended to eat meat a couple times a week by doctors and did does. Right. And like, I think if you want to take it even further, I think that modern homo sapien wouldn't even exist without access to animal products. Yeah. For sure. That's what Paul Saladino says, but that's also probably true. So like to, to take that out of the equation and say, no, we have to be vegan because that is spiritually correct. Like, no, it's meat predates consciousness in humanity's timeline. If anything, yeah. like it gives rise to it. True, true. but Which is crazy, right? Why is that crazy? I don't know. Isn't there something about, like, I'm thinking... The way that we exist as a biological organism is we consume smaller biological organisms to continue existing. Right. And that's the case whether it's plants or animals. And the larger the things we consume are, the less of them we have to consume. Right. Which is weird. So yeah, you're saving lives by being on the carnivore diet. You're not eating as many vegetables. It's so many plants you have to eat to be a vegetarian. It's spinach genocide. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. It's pretty fucked up. Spinach doesn't want to be ravaged. It does not. Not without consent. <laughs> what if there were an app that you could you know, get consent from your vegetables by communing with them? I think that you would make a lot of money in an ayahuasca circle selling that app. <laughs> you can make a lot of money selling a lot of shit in an ayahuasca circle. Yeah, dude, you should get a bunch of beads. Get into a bead-making business. I definitely want to get into some kind of business. There's so much faux spirituality in LA. It's just there's such a market for people looking for answers. You mean the Church of Scientology? Yeah. Maybe that's the answer. Who knows? Maybe they're right. I was watching, um, what's that guy's name? Schultz? Andrew Schultz? Yeah. Andrew Schultz, yes. Yeah. And he was talking about like how Scientology got a grip in LA <laughs> and his like takeaway was that because it's the place where the most actors, like the most damaged, fucked up childhood people. <laughs> Probably. Because Scientology like bills itself as um, like self mental help. And then it bills you for that mental help from them. Dude, it's crazy. You know about the like the Thetan meter? No. What's that? They give these people this like meter and it essentially measures the shock like your physical shock to um something you say and then they make you tell them horrible shit about yourself and so like as you're revealing these terrible things that you've done or felt or whatever and you see this thing jump Mm -hmm. um and then the more you say it out loud the less it jumps there's like less impact to it okay i think that's like hedonic adaptation yeah essentially yeah numbing or you could also call it. Sure. Um, but what they're doing this whole time is recording you. Mm-hmm. So now they just got a bunch of audio tapes of you telling them all your darkest shit, and then they blackmail you with it. You think it's actually blackmail, Scientology? Well, Leah Remini says so. Wow. It's like super dark. Yeah, there's a lot of dark shit out there. People have a dark side. What's the next big dark chapter of humanity? 
That's a great question that I like to think about all the time. I don't know. <laughs> World War Three with China is a big one. Uh, global warming, man. Yeah. We got all caught up in the COVID thing, but climate change is, uh, you know, there's a reason there's a blizzard in Texas right now. Nah, Biden's got our back. He'll save it all. Yeah, Biden's Green New Deal. Biden and Greta. That's all we need. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love me some Greta, dude. <laughs> they can solve it all. I think everybody should be more like Greta. It's so fucked up to me that Kamala and Biden are even on the same ticket. Like, she was saying she believed his accusers of, you know, assault and stuff before the campaign. Was he accused of assault? Jesus. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, not on, not man. as much as Trump, but yeah. <laughs> A lot, a lot of people who run are accused of stuff. We have um, a lot of blind spots when we only have two options. For sure. Yeah, I mean, we're the blind leading the blind right now. And uh, maybe Jesus Christ will come back. That could be crazy. Like a Book of Revelation style, wrap things up. Yeah, why, why Christianity, though? Why would it have just fallen into that narrative? Is it because you're um, Westerner? That's a good point. That's a very good point. I was gonna, I was gonna say because they're the most powerful, hmm. you know. I meant that they must clearly have the best God because they advance the most while worshiping that God. Ah, I see. So God favored them. Yeah, right. They must be the most correct until now. Society ended up being on top. Yeah, until now. yeah. Until now. <laughs> so it's probably the answer is probably yet to come. Probably a new religion. New world religion. Probably some Eckhart Tolle, you know, Russell Brand shit. Nowism. Some Tony Robbins shit. I was pretty interested. You know Sadhguru? Yeah. Yeah, Sadhguru has an interesting stance on the people talking about living in the present, being in the now. Mm -hmm. He thinks it's stupid advice. And he says, like, people have the ability to imagine. People have the ability to remember. Like, these are awesome things you just have to not use them like a fool and not use them in ways that make you unhappy mm, i mean sure yeah i agree with that but also i feel as if our propensity to use them in bad ways is just so high and so constant that you kind of need a big reset of just getting present yeah that's what i would say i would say that for the most part people use these things as uh like shackles or limiters more so than of tools for motivation right yeah you think Sadhguru is a scam i mean i know you think everyone's a scam but Sadhguru. um i know he rides a motorcycle he does you know he's got a cool leather jacket and a motorcycle so that white beard is uh you know he's kind of stealing the bad boy of spirituality niche yeah a little bit um i've only seen a couple of his things so i don't have enough you know ammo to judge him on mm-hmm I know I saw a conversation between him and Wim Hof, and mm. he was very in charge of the interaction. Like, Wim was really, like, agreeable with him and just, like, excited to talk to him. I don't know. Wim's, like, a high-energy, excited guy anyway, but it seemed like Sadhguru was, I don't know, looked up to by Wim. I would say that, like, I would believe that. But not necessarily because he has more insight than Wim, but he's got the look. 
Right. That somebody like, you know, Russell Brand or Wim Hof or somebody into Eastern religions that is not an Easterner is looking for. So it's good to be associated with Sadhguru. Yeah, probably. Because Sadhguru looks like an old Hindu wise man. Like he looks like a god with a giant white beard and like a regal attire. Oh, so you're just saying that makes it easier for anyone to buy into Sadhguru, including Wim? Yes. Okay, yeah. He fills like an archetype in our head very, very perfectly. Yeah, there are a lot of Indian guys who try and do that. It's like an industry. Sadhguru become top dog. Goinka, I guess, is top dog. Goinka is the biggest meditation tradition in the world, arguably. And this is um, one specific guy? Yeah. Yeah, the guy who started like the biggest organization and franchise, if you will, of retreat centers. And they're all free, so it's like a pretty good model. I don't know how they get enough donations and keep going, but yeah, it's a pretty sweet intro to meditation for people that is really interesting yeah that's what i recommended to you but you said any vacation you take you're not going to be doing that dude not a long one i'll do like a two-day thing aren't you curious what it's like but um spirituality is one of those things where you're like i can always figure it out later i don't know man i think once you start having kids at least you're not going to be going on really long retreats and stuff after that yeah, that's true. But like retirement, you can definitely do. Whereas like you can only be a savage when you're young. <laughs> so like, why is it so valuable to take the opportunity to be a savage? Savages win. Win? At life, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> you, like you gotta, you know, get ripped and slay hoes when you're young you can't do that you sound like a guy who spends you know two hours a night on bodybuilders.com message boards dude i've been on bodybuilding.com before that's where that guy is from what guy's his name the guy the big diet guy um lane norton maybe scooby that his name the big flex dieting guy i don't know i don't know him yeah, whatever. Anyway, he's he's been on Rogan a couple times, and like he made his bones commenting on bodybuilding.com threads. Hmm. Have you gotten back into Rogan, or are you kind of still off with Spotify? I've been pretty off. No. Yeah, I haven't been able to with video, and like I like watching Rogan's podcast. I don't like listening to it. So much of what I get out of Rogan is nonverbal. The way the body language between him and his guest and how the conversation's flowing and how he's able to keep it flowing. Right. It's a big part of it that you don't necessarily get with audio. Hmm. Yeah, I guess from like a body language see, point of view, you're right. Yeah, you don't get that at all. I haven't looked too close at that. You always see how intimidated Elon is. <laughs> it's really funny. Even it, still, even no after being be. on many times? Dude, he showed up last week as the world's richest man. He's intimidated as fuck. Didn't make eye contact once. What? But they've... Yeah, he's so weird. They've like gotten to know each other really well. Or fairly well. Yeah, but... You know, the dominance hierarchy, man. The soy boy's <laughs> always going to soy boy. That's crazy that Elon is that soy, I guess. Poor soy. Soy's or probably not autistic. even that bad. People probably exaggerate the shit out of soy being, you know, estrogen-like. I don't know. I drink a lot of oat milk, so I can't really talk shit. Yeah. I don't do dairy. You got to do almond milk. I've heard that almonds have like those phyto-whatevers that are not great. Phyto-what? 
I don't know. I drink a lot Someone of almond milk. Someone on a podcast once said that almonds are worse than... Probably not oats, though. I think coconut milk was like the milk. Hmm. Coconut milk's pretty good. It's pretty good. I could get down with that. But it's like a lot of calories. All right. Well, this was like not very themed, but we talked for a while. Shredded. I think it was themed for a little bit. We got like some good monogamy stuff in the middle. Yeah. Some good Biden stuff. I don't know. It's fine. 